Did you get that picture I sent this morning? I did. I did. That was that was something special. Something special. I've never seen a ball bag that uh, in that close up before. I think well, we I, both know that's a lot. <laughs> well, I have. But at least at least this one had the decency to be shaved. <laughs> Episode 20. Two zero. The big two zero. The big two zero. We should have a party and shit. We should. Was Ag- again, no cake. No cake. What the fuck? I've got to really really get better at this hospitality... Cake thing. Shit. <laughs> the, the cake thing. But oh. yes, welcome... Welcome on and all. ...friends to the uh, to the Nakatomi Ballroom for the 20th time. 20th time. That's a, it, just, that's a bit. it just seems like last year that we did it for the first time. I know. And no. it seems like barely... A month ago, we did episode 19. 19, yeah. And at some point, gentle viewer, gentle listener, we will become a more regular... When you start giving us money, really, yeah. is what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, and that was a when. Because yeah. we should start just doing reads, like of random ads, and then sell a premium service the way we won't do Where ads. Where we won't tell the ads. Yeah. That's nice. You know what else is nice? The seats at Debbie Premium. <laughs> And once again, thank you to our corporate <laughs> masters for not giving us anything yet. So we should just crack straight on. Crack into crack some, it into, into some news. Into some news. Um. TV show. Oh, Shield. Yes, I was just making. I don't know. <laughs> they were cutting me off. No, no, no. I thought you were like, <laughs> don't mention the Shield. Spoiler alert. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Yep. The Shield TV show. Yes. Uh, the new Joss Whedon Marvel Shield show. Oh, I thought not you... <laughs> the Michael Chiklis awesome cop TV show. I thought you were about to say the the old the, yeah, some, announcing something about Shield. But anyway, okay, sorry. Yes. Has an official title. Yeah. Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield. And is, it, is it S-H-I-E-L-D? Is yes. it going to be like U-N-C-L-E? Or is I, it I don't know if it's going to be dotted yeah. or... Okay. But it's... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Gash. A little bit, like but... I don't like it. It's... Now, see, here's the thing. We... But, but I, I say we. I, I'm pretty sure you liked Buffy in its day. Or yeah. you enjoyed a bit yeah. of Buffy. I hated Angel in all its forms and all its iterations. Joss Whedon back at the helm of another TV show... A dollhouse did not excite. Mm. I'm, I don't know. But if if you take that that theory, yeah. say Buffy good, yeah. Angel bad, yeah. Firefly good, Dollhouse bad, yeah. It's like Star Trek movies. Ah, oh, so this one's going to be a good one. Yeah. Okay. Because oh, it'll be bad, good, bad, good, bad. Yep. That's good. That yeah, yeah, I could work with that. I could work with that. Yeah. See, and Firefly, whilst good, was nowhere near as good as the love. I've said this before. I think the love around Firefly has made Firefly bigger and better than it actually yes. was. But I think Firefly had the potential to be much better than mm. it was, you know. I would have loved to have seen where they eventually went with it. But yeah. So be it. Oh, that's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, no, I don't like it. No, no word if you're uh, the new ex-Mrs. Wood, Colby Smulders, will yeah. be in it. Yeah. But somehow Clark Gregg, Coulson, will be. Yeah. <clears throat> Who knows? Who knows? Look, I'm, a, I'm kind of okay with it, but I, it depends on how they do it. Mm. I, I, I leave myself open to the idea to, that I could be okay with it. Mm. And I don't... Cause, but if, when I'm sitting back here at episode 22 saying Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. suck man bag because Agent Coulson shouldn't be, you know, yeah. then I, I would just like to insert it now <laughs> that I reserve the right to change my mind. Excellent. But yeah, oh, that's uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, no, no, I still don't like it. Even just saying it constantly mm. doesn't do it for me. Was that was that your first news That's item? My first that news. was your first news item. Allow me, well, allow me to retort. <laughs> Disney Toon Studios is bringing us the first in a planned trilogy of movies called Planes. The film, which will be produced by John Lasseter of Toy Story fame and directed by Clay Hall, whose biggest credit to date is probably King of the Hill. This this is actually not a Pixar film. 
despite being billed as from above the world of cars. It's actually set to be a direct-to-video release, but now it'll see a theatrical run in August of this year. But the principal reason why I like this is because Mother Goose, Goose, gets to fly again. Anthony E.R. Edwards, the ill-fated but much-loved Goose from the 80s seminal Top Gun, will voice Echo, an FA-18E Super Hornet, along with fellow Top Gun alum Val, get that cunt off my fucking set, Kilmer, who will voice the other Super Hornet, (laughs) typo, Super Horny, Bravo. So now on our Facebook page, I'm going to put up one of the promotional photos with the two jets, and those of you who love Top Gun as much as I do will note that the helmet designations are the same as their Top Gun characters. And for that alone, Disney, shut up and take my money. <laughs> is is there going to be a secret Tom Cruise I don't know. Cameo? I, nah, possibly, probably not. But I just think that's cool. Yeah. I, I, and it's, it's, a, just a, it's just a nice little... It's what Disney does, mm. what Pixar does. A lovely yeah. little nod back yeah. to something that... You but know. are there egos writing checks their body can't cash? <laughs> well, who's going to be who's wingman? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm thinking they're not going to have a gay ass volleyball scene. Possibly not. No, not without the, not with their shirts off. Or no. And and given that these guys are going to be fairly sideline characters, mm. but I'm I'm intrigued because I'm pretty sure. In fact, you can almost guarantee it. At some point, they they they're going to drop Top Gun, and it may not even be them, but they're going to drop Top Gun. Uh, uh, what not anecdotes what am I thinking like nods or winks to Top Gun all the way through it so yeah. I'm pretty fucking excited by it to be honest and I'm not ordinarily excited by stuff like that no d- d- direct to video Pixar sidequels yeah aren't usually something that's that's you know yeah there's enough cool in yeah, there uh, I like to it. make it uh, yeah in movies that aren't going to be anywhere near as cool my favourite phrase coined by a couple of freaks copyright yep in a case of erping, ah uh-huh. yes, yep, there are not one but two Hercules movies. Fantastic, currently in production. Yep, one of them by Brett Ratner, starring The Rock. Mm-hmm. The other one, which is starring Kellen Lutz from Twilight mm-hmm. as Hercules, mm. directed by Rennie Harlan. Oh well, we all know which one's going to get my cash. <laughs> <laughs> Rennie Harlan of Cutthroat Island fame. <laughs> and the fairly underrated Long Kiss Goodnight. Oh, I didn't mind. The long, long Kiss Goodnight was good. But Cutthroat but Island was, yeah, it was such not, an abortion. It was, it was not good. <laughs> but, yes. Well, they've, they've Hercules and Hercules 3D. They've recently erped Olympus Has Fallen. And the yes, other yeah, I think we've talk, we talked about yeah, this so in a... Now, yeah. Olympus Has Fallen is out and apparently not great. I, I had no thoughts. Which one's got Morgan Friedman in it? Is it the one with Channing Tatum? Probably. I think he hitched his wagon to the right one. Yeah. So I just don't feel that um, not, not Clive Owen, the other Brit. Uh, Gerald Butler. Gerald Butler, yeah, doesn't quite have the... Yeah. Well, when he kicks the <laughs> the bad guy down the hole, this is Washington! Just doesn't... <laughs> Madness, Olympus has fallen! <laughs> Boot and kicks in the, the Oval Office door. So it turns out that the childhood rapers... Had you finished with that one? Yes. Because <laughs> try and go back now. <laughs> it turns out that the childhood rapers, Alcon Entertainment, probably flying fast and loose with that last term, that term entertainment, aren't just content with remaking Blade Runner. No, 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 no. Now they're going to fuck with Point Break with an updated new extreme sports, which if they take away from surfing, then it kind of removes the whole concept of having a Point Break or calling it Point Break, but let's face it, that's... You know, like I don't think that's going to be highly high on their list. So obviously they've never seen the Fast and the Furious or Triple X because then they would realise that Point Break has been remade. But uh, you know, fans of the show will be excused for missing Triple X because it was a fucking abomination. So the studio has Kurt Wimmer writing up a new screenplay. He's responsible for giving us the Thomas Crown Affair remake, which I liked. Equilibrium, which eh, had its you know whatever, and the Total Recall remake. And finally, in the words of producer Michael DeLuca, Point Break wasn't just a film. It was a Zen meditation on testosterone-fueled action and manhood in the late 20th century, and we hope to create for the young 21st. Fuck Michael Bay. Fuck Michael Bay. I had, this is one of my news, so I'll just, I'll just throw in an addendum Please do. to that if I can. Uh, it's going to be directed by Ericsson Core. 
Okay. Who was a cinema, largely a cinematographer who worked on The Fast and the Furious <laughs> and directed the football movie Invincible with Mark Wahlberg. Ah, okay. No, no, that's not what I was thinking. I Sorry, yeah, I haven't seen that one. In my head, you said Invincible, I heard Invictus. Hmm. And then, of course, no, that's Clint Eastwood. Um, <laughs> fuck them. Fuck Point, yeah. point Break, leave it alone. People don't like it. People love it. I, I really enjoy Point Break. I can look past its many, many, many faults. and just Death on a stick out there, mate. <laughs> Good on you, Peter Phelps. 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 <laughs> yeah, anyway. What do you do? Uh, LA Confidential, mm-hmm. the one of my favourite films, mm-hmm. might be being made into a TV series written by Elmore Leonard. Okay. who wrote the book, LA Confidential. Yep. It's currently being shopped around networks and emerging distribution platforms, mm. by which I assume they mean Netflix yep. and Amazon, who have, who have done some, some stuff. This will be the second attempt at bringing this to the small screen. There was a pilot, allegedly awful, starring Kiefer Sutherland in the Russell Crowe role, made in 2000, that wasn't picked up. If it goes ahead, it will be competing with Frank Darabont's Lost Angels, of which we have spoken in the past. Which is the... Not, which was... Not what, L.A. Noir. L.A. Noir. 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 Noir-y. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Elmer uh, uh, Leonard. Give him a go. Mm. Isn't there another Elmer Leonard TV show out at the moment that he's writing on? Um, he is an executive producer and writer on Justified. That's the one. Righto. Yeah, which I still... I've never really been able to get into. Lee, Lee's a fan. I should, yeah. But, you know... It, I'm I'm surprised that your wife isn't into it because you know the ladies love some Timothy Oily pants. Yeah, I don't I don't know I I have to check to see why because I don't know if she does like him or doesn't like him I'll, I'll have to find out. Everyone's favourite comic book franchise fucker Ryan Reynolds <laughs> is having another go this time at Dark Horse's R.I.P.D. Reynolds will play a cop who gets murdered and then joins the Rest in Peace Department to catch his own killer. Now, I haven't read the source material, which was written by a Peter Lenkov, so I don't know how to feel about it, but for me, it does raise a sense of any old comic will do at the moment in Hollywood, the filmmaking regime that they've got going on over there. Jeff Bridges will also star, so maybe there's something to it, but I'm not a JB I, fan, so I'm pretty... See, I am. Yeah. I, I, I dig the Bridges. <clears throat> Whether or not it's enough... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be worth giving it a whirl, you know. I, I, even, but it, yeah, I still can't get the help the feeling that they're just going any old fucking comic will do because comics are big right now. Yeah, that's that's what I'm hearing. That's, that's that's what it feels like. Yeah, that's that conversation I'm hearing in in fucking you know. That's what it, my people it, it's are telling. A, it's a mad dash to just pick up any comic book. Yeah, so, and any one that might have a little bit of an edge to it as well. Yeah. So, yeah. The revolving door of. The Crow reboot casting continues. Uh, yes. Continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the last couple of people that we talked about who were being considered for the role, someone who whose star has been rising, and obviously he felt that it had risen far enough and decided to undo it, Tom Hiddleston of Loki fame. Right. Is now apparently in discussions to play Eric Draven in the completely unnecessary reboot of The Crow. That's... No. Yeah, okay. I'm beyond caring. Mm. I'm just beyond caring. I hope he doesn't mm. because, I mean, obviously he needs to do something other than Loki, but, um, you know. Yeah. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. You know, I, I can get that he probably wants to take a leap into to his movie now and it's probably, mm. he's, I think he's done the yards as, as a number two. Yeah. But not, no. do something that people will respect. Yeah, and people will actually, yeah, no. You're not... No, don't do it. Some more news on the film that you tipped a little while ago, 1952. The image of the cardboard box filled with her Disney's unrealised ideas. It's now called Tomorrowland. Or I think we tipped that it was going to be called Tomorrowland. With Brad Bird and current golden boy wunderkind Damon Lindelhoff as writing, starring George and Hugh Laurie. It's got a release date of December 19, 2014. There's a synopsis up, which wasn't up before, I think, which is a teenage girl, a genius middle-aged man who was kicked out of Tomorrowland, and a prepubescent girl robot attempt to get to and unravel what happened to Tomorrowland, which exists in an alternative dimension in order to save Earth. 
2014 is a long way off, but I'm sure more of this will come. But I'm actually kind of enjoying the minor buzz that this this little show is generating. This yeah. this idea that they found this mystical box. I like it. Yeah. Yep. It's, I think it's cool. Yeah. So. We talked about it when you talked about the uh, the movie that's come off a, a Reddit discussion. Mm. Anything that gives them an idea that's not comic book of the week or yeah. let's make a TV show. Absolutely. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking... I like that it's they're just drip-feeding a little bit. I like that. So, yeah, anyway. Something that was rumoured mm-hmm. that has now been confirmed, Disney has said that starting in 2015, there will be a Star Wars movie every year. Yes, I heard it. Starting with episode 7 mm-hmm. in 2015, those films every two years, yep. and then a standalone film in the intervening years. Yep. So your you know, young Han Solo, whatever, mm. film in, in 2016 and 18, and episodes 7, 8 and 9 in 15, 17 and 19. Yep. I, I don't want them to do this, but if they do do it, I don't want a Boba Fett origin story, which we've kind of already had. I don't want a young Han Solo story. I don't want a. I don't want. You want something stories. new, an expanded yeah, universe completely. stuff. Something get get just right out of it and just do it in that universe. Get a hold of the guys that did Robot Chicken because they were still in talks of doing that Star Wars sitcom that was going to be a Star Wars a, mo- a Star Wars TV show set or sitcom set in that universe. So it wasn't going to be, you know. So get a hold of some people. Get get something fresh and young into it. Um, but I'm frightened that they are just going to—they're just going to flog this franchise to death, which they haven't. You know, if, if they haven't already, even some of the Clone Wars cartoons were good. Like some of them were. It, that Clone Wars cartoon sort of picked up a little bit towards the middle, and, and is now that's finished. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just—I'm dubious. I'm just dubious. I mean, yeah. But did you see? You people would have seen on our Facebook page. I posted some um, behind-the-scenes photos from Star Trek today, yeah. which is pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I really don't want them to do it. They're going to. They don't listen to me. And I know they're getting my emails. I know they're getting them. But um, they're just not listening to me. And I don't know why. Should be running shit. Should be. Lily Hammer. The story of New York gangster who go, a New York gangster who goes into witness protection in Norway's Lily Hammer, ostensibly because it's the last place on earth anyone will find him, and because he's been enamoured with the place since the 94 Winter Olympics... This is a fish-out-of-water story gone to the extreme, which will see the welcome return of Silvio Dante. Oh, I'm sorry, Frank the Fixer Tangeliano, played by Stephen Van Zandt of Sopranos fame. Those, this the, is a, the reason Woody left that off is because you should have fucking known <laughs> You should have better fucking no. known better. Uh, this is a joint American-Norwegian production driven by Van Zandt, who co-created and co-wrote the show. The early news on this show has generated some pretty good buzz. It's been out on Netflix or whatever, but Australia has bought it. We're up to episode two or three on SBS. Yeah, yeah. I, I, actually, I had here it started at May four, so no. excellent. Well, it doesn't start on May four. <laughs> it's at SBS one Saturday nights at eight thirty. Yeah, I, I okay. believe it was on last night. Oh, there you go. All right. Well, fuck SBS and their lying TV schedule because they're saying May four. <laughs> Maybe that's when the next episode's on, which would make sense. So yeah, I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. I haven't been able to find a I haven't been able to find a decent web route no. yet to catch the earlier episodes. So, yeah. anyway, or, or it may have been the pilot that was on yesterday. I, I just know that it was on TV yesterday. Yeah. Okay. It's I I did when I first heard about it and did some did some research. It was watched. The the pilot was watched by one fifth of the population of Norway. Oh really. Wow. Some ridiculous amount of... Far out. I don't know. This could be interesting. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. I'll just... Uh, Why? Because I, I, you love Sylvia. you got to love I mean, I mean Sil- Frank. Frank, yeah. <laughs> and early, like I said, early early reports is what... Well, at the time I was writing, was early um, early reports were saying it was pretty good. Yeah. Paramount Pictures. <laughs> yep. You know where this is going? No. <laughs> Paramount Pictures have refunded a New Zealand cinema-goer the price of his ticket to Jack Reacher because he claimed it was false advertising because there was a scene in the trailer that did not appear in the film. Wow. That's going to set. That's a dangerous precedent. Far out. Because that's fairly common that there's stuff in trailers yeah. that don't make the final cut. Yeah, apparently wow. there was some scene with him hanging off a mountain or something. 
that was in the trailer that wasn't in the movie, no, can't have it. Wow. Now I like Jack Reacher. <laughs> I actually thought it was a pretty good movie, a solid movie. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go. Oh my god, you got to go out and see it. But I wouldn't. Except that you did. I didn't say go out and see it. I said yeah. it's worth. It's worth a. Actually, what I did say it was worth an illegal download. <laughs> If we wanted to be, <laughs> I mean, it's worth going to your local DVD store and supporting Blockbuster. Yes, and watching it. But I, yeah, I think it's a solid movie. But I didn't. Uh, that's interesting. That's a dangerous precedent. They do that all the time. Yeah. with movie trailers, all the time. That's what IMDb's crazy credits and stuff is set up for, yeah. or trivia or goofs or whatever it is. Ah, uh, far out. That's. But the price of the ticket. Yeah, it's. It's obviously symbolic. Yeah. At like twelve dollars New Zealand or something, so you know it's hardly. Mm. Anyway, there you go. That's I don't know how I feel about that. That's a bit odd. Luke Besson, Luke Besson, wants to fuck Scarlett Johansson, and let's face it, who doesn't? He's written a new vehicle for her called Lucy, which is a new super action hero film from the man who brought us La Femme Nikita and The Fifth Element. The Hollywood Reporter is um, well, it's reporting that the film will centre on a woman forced to become a drug mule. But the drug inside instead goes into her system, transforming her into an arc-kicking machine. She can absorb knowledge instantaneously and is able to move objects with her mind. That's telekinesis, Kyle. <laughs> and can't feel pain and other discomforts. Let's see if this movie becomes a little bit of a sleeper hit like uh, like The Taken was, or Taken was. That was a pretty good... Uh, not, not Taken 2. That was not very good. Taken 1 was... Taken 2, The Streets. <laughs> Taken 2, The Streets. But anyway, Scarlett Johansson, yeah, she's worth so, the price. So, so, so Basson's figured that Jovovich has just gotten too old. <laughs> I think so. Well, she's now P P Anderson's PT and mm. or whatever it is, and, and with, with the, the Resident Evil seventeen. Yeah, I don't know what it is about. I mean, you you mentioned before that Len Wiseman has to tell Kate, Kate Beckinsale, "No, I'm not. No more. You're no more in the I think at some point Paul Anderson needs to say, "How many Resident Evils are we doing?" You know. But they keep selling. That's the fucking problem. You talked about this last week. Pe- people are their own worst enemy. Yep. You want to stop seeing shit movies? Stop going to shit movies yeah. and they'll stop making well, them. Uwe Boll. I mean, but he's, he's pretty much gone now. Like, the world spoke. Maybe yeah. maybe these are... Maybe it's... A, no, it's not us. I don't know why I even posited that. <laughs> Forget that. We'll definitely got to cut that. <laughs> it's not us. They're crap movies. I don't get it. Um, but that was that's my news. Yeah. So kick it into some reviews. Kick it into some reviews. We have two new reviews this mm-hmm. week. Probably next episode we'll get back into the... We'll finish our Godfather yep. trilogy. Yeah, yeah. There were just two movies that we wanted to review this week. Mm. And it's our fucking podcast, so we make the rules. Yeah, there's actually... I'd be trance. We missed that. Yeah. Well, I missed that, yeah. unfortunately. So, yeah, there were more movies. So, you know, take what you're going to get. Yeah. That's it. Take what you're given. Did you want to kick this bad boy off? I did. Alrighty. Iron Man 3, directed by Shane Black, written by Shane Black and Drew Pierce, starring Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, Don Cheadle, Ben Kingsley, and Guy Pearce. It is a few months, well, it's actually the, the time is not specified that mm. I could see, but we'll say it's a few months after the events of the Avengers, and Tony Stark can't sleep. He spends all his time in his workshop making Iron Man suits. He's actually running tests on Mark 42 when the movie starts. He's having problems in his relationship to Pepper, who is now running Stark Industries and has also moved into Tony's mansion. It's into this nice, happy place that we are introduced, reintroduced, I should say, as we see him briefly in the film's cold open, to Aldridge Killian, Guy Pearce, a scientist who believes that he has unlocked the key to human healing by a technology or experiment that he calls Extremis. We also find out about a terrorist leader that calls himself the Mandarin, Ben Kingsley, who is setting off bombs to get the attention of the President of the US. One of these bombs injures Happy, John Favreau, and Tony vows revenge. The attacks ramp up and are increasingly more personal and directed at both Tony and the President. Also is Don Cheadle's War Machine, who has been rebranded and repainted as the Iron Patriot. 
my love for the first Iron Man film is is well noted. In fact, I think I'm in the extreme majority that thinks it's actually a better film than The Avengers. As such, I was quite disappointed when I first saw Iron Man 2. A subsequent viewing revised that. I still don't think it's great, but it's definitely better than I initially thought it was. I think because I was so in love with the first film that it had set an impossibly high bar for the sequel, as did Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. So I went into this film a little worried. The Avengers was so awesome and so incredible. How is this film going to follow the behemoth, the, the monster that was Joss Whedon's epic? And the answer to that, sports fans, is that it doesn't try to. It tells its own story. It tells an Iron Man story, and in many ways it tells a Tony Stark story. There are large, large parts of this film where you're not following Iron Man, you're following Tony Stark. And that, I think, is the real genius of this film. Number two tried and failed to get us to connect with Tony on a human level, with Tony as a man, but I don't think that that was in Favreau's wheelhouse. Much as he did with Mel Gibson's Riggs in the Lethal Weapon films, Shane Black shows a personal side, a vulnerable side of Tony Stark that makes this film work. A lot of the credit, obviously, for that has to go to Robert Downey Jr., who shows us some of the chops that he hasn't had a need to break out in a while, the skills that brought him to the dance in the first place. Guy Pearce, as Killian, is a fairly standard sort of bad guy, and calling him the bad guy really isn't giving anything away. As soon as you see him in the first five minutes of the film, you know yeah. that he's not all that he, all that he appears to be. Yeah. And I think that's a shame. I think Guy Pearce deserves bigger success than he has, than he has had. Priscilla was on TV the other night, and I've always, I was watching it, and I was thinking I was always been impressed by him, even though Memento remains on my list of shame. His work in things like LA Confidential have promised much, but some of his choices, the time machine, haven't done him any favours. So I think Guy Pearce is good, but his character was not overly, overly three-dimensional, so I don't think he had a great deal to work with. Ben Kingsley is surprising as the Mandarin, and Don Cheadle is again fairly underused as Rhodes. Strangely, this series is one of the few things that I can stomach Gwyneth Paltrow in, and she does a, a pretty okay job here as Pepper Potts, but as it should be, this is really a, the Robert Downey Jr. show. It's his name on the banner, it's his name that brings you in, and it's on his shoulders that this whole movie rests, and he doesn't disappoint. As alluded earlier, the script by Shane Black personalises Tony Stark in a way that we haven't seen before. And while we're promised at the end that, that Tony Stark will return, this film had a real feeling of wrapping things up. So we'll have to see where the Iron Man character and where Tony Stark goes next, presumably after, presumably in Avengers 2. Four stars for me. David? <coughs> um... Look, there's there's nothing. I don't disagree with it. Well, actually, I do disagree with a couple of things with what you, with what you said there, but not in the the overall feel of the movie. It's a fantastic movie. It does exactly what Iron Man two should have done. I I do like Iron Man two. I don't think it, I agree with you. It is not as good as the first, and it is not as good as the second, uh, third. And you you could not possibly you could not possibly follow the Avengers and to be, to, to be clear and people of the show will, will, listeners of the show will know you could not no one in a million years would ever have anticipated Avengers would make over a billion dollars everyone thought it was a good movie all the cast have come out and said look we had a great time doing it we thought we were on something good Joss seemed to be in control but Joss Whedon himself all of them every single one of them have said we did not anticipate this movie to do as well as it did and also some of those numbers, and I'm not criticising the Avengers at all, but I do like to point out ad infinitum, um, or ad, ad nauseum either, that those numbers were inflated by a 3D release, which we're going to see the same for this movie as well because there's a 3D, they've retros, retrospectively 3D'd it. I didn't see well, it in 3D. 1.5 billion is the current standing for Avengers. Avengers, yeah. Now, no one, I mean, that is, it's a, and it deserves every accolade ever pinned on that movie. But no, you could. But the the problem is, is that you have to keep making these movies, Avengers two, all that sort of business. But let's get back to Iron Man three. I thought a, a couple of couple of things. I liked the interplay 
and the the point with John Favreau as happy Happy Hogan. I did think when when John Favreau walked on the screen, I said, "Fucking hell, who ate John Favreau?" <laughs> and the idea of that that interplay. What am I supposed to do now? People tell me I'm Iron Man Two's body. I'm Iron Man's bodyguard, and I'm I can't be. It was a nice little in movie nod mm. to. I'm not directing this movie yeah. anymore. I've, and props to Favreau for saying yes to the role. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, I think there was no doubt. There was no. I think he's very comfortable in his skin. To and it, it, I've read a lot behind the scenes of about why that why he didn't do it and, and he's very happy to have not done it and he was Shane Black was on the phone to him quite a bit. What did you think about this? What did you do that? And Favreau has come out and said, yeah, no, I, I told him this. He didn't listen in some instances and that is to his credit because of Iron Man two and in other things he listened and he went fuck I didn't even think of that and and off they went. So this was a very much collaborative effort and, and he's still listed as an as an EP yeah on the film you know, so. and in in the I mean it's usually an EP credit is or an ex- executive producer credit is a shut sorry f- I, I forget that some of our people don't know the lingo they're not as inside Hollywood as we are uh, oh we are we are in the very bowels of Hollywood yeah they can walk sex dungeons <laughs> <laughs> the uh, that that credit is usually a rubbish credit you know just shut the fuck up you've given us some money we know for a fact they've gone in together um, Shane Black was handpicked by RDJ because they'd worked mm-hmm. together in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And uh, I think that was an, that's an important thing to note, that RDJ was comfortable with where Shane Black was going to take his character. I, I like Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't, I don't have the Gwenny hate that the world seems to have. I, I, I think it is ill-advised for her to continue to try and make out that she is just like everybody else, because she fucking isn't. She's a multi-million dollar movie star and, and whatnot. But my big I, I thought Guy Pierce did extraordinarily well with what he was given I don't and I don't think we're disagreeing on that point um, I love Guy Pierce. So I could watch him do a lot of things Memento you should be embarrassed because oh, Memento I am. is Memento I am. is it's a remarkable film but my problem with this film and I can't I don't want to talk too much about it because it is a spoiler was the Mandarin was Sir Ben Kingsley's role I simply didn't like what they did with it I, I just didn't like it at all. Here we have something... If you, if you look at the character, the history... I mean, they talked about the Ten Rings organisation from the very first movie. And so it was always leading up to this... The Mandarin. And it was always tipped. The Mandarin's got to be the Mandarin. It's got to be the Mandarin. And for them to do what they've done... I mean, he's extraordinarily chilling. And and his... his Sir Ben... There's a reason he is, he is Sir Ben. He's an Academy Award winning actor he is phenomenally good and he does he does something unbelievably powerful with this role but i don't like i still don't like what they're doing and that to me was a real that really deflated the 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 jumping castle of this ride that i was i was just bouncing along with this ride at the movie i loved it i loved rdj's interplay with that kid yeah so yeah for me look it's four stars it deserves a place along with all the other Marvel movies, it hasn't... I don't think Marvel Phase 1... or is it, This, this, is, this the is the beginning phase of Phase 2. two. Yeah. Marvel hasn't hasn't put a foot wrong yet. I I didn't... Personally, didn't like The Incredible Hulk, but other people did. And there's there's action... There's there's parts to Incredible Hulk that are quite good. I um, I think this is a great movie. I highly recommend it. It's a big screen experience, mm. but I didn't see it 3D, and I don't think you needed I to. I don't think it needed to. I, I did think the, the one thing that Shane Black did that I didn't think was necessary was when Rhodey said, I'm getting too old for this shit thought it was cute but yeah probably yeah possibly didn't need that at all and as we all know rdj's no he's no longer under contract with marvel anymore he's done yeah but we talked about this last episode he said he yeah I, has I, to, do they james bond it they, uh, what do they do i mean or do they just drive a truckload of money up to his house yeah and and as he said you usually any role that i'm forced out of there's claw marks on the inside of it but he'd pro- and there probably would be claw marks on the inside of the tin mm. suit what i would really love to see and i don't think they could they will do it now, but because it, it's got to be got to age Tony Stark a bit more, but I'd very much like to see Marvel do their Civil War, the Civil War storyline. I don't believe they will be able to do it ever unless somehow Sony gets absorbed by Fox. Yeah. Oh, sorry, by Disney. Disney, Disney by Sony. Yeah, I think that's the only way they can do because it. Because there's there's IPs, there's characters yeah. that Sony have got. And that's the problem. Yeah. And you need, I mean, you need Spider-Man to make Civil War work. But I would love to see what Robert Downey did. Because, to be honest, those are the people who are listening who've read the, this comic book series. Civil War, Iron Man, I think, I understand what he's doing. 
but I think he's a bit of a fucking dick. And it would be good to see Robert Downey Jr. take that. But yeah, four stars from me. Really, really enjoyed it. Despite my wife taking a mid-movie nap through it. See, in a lot of cultures, that'd be grounds for divorce. And you know what? You wouldn't be wrong for it. I'd, well, I, I did throw a few stones at her a couple of times. Oblivion, directed by Joseph Kaczynski, written by Joseph Kaczynski, William Monaghan, who gave us The Departed, Kyle Gajdzik, nothing worth noting, and Michael Arndt, Little Miss Sunshine, starring Tom Cruise, Olga Kurilenko, Andrea or Andrea Riseborough, Morgan Freeman, Melissa Leo, and Nicolaj Costa Voldu, which I think is how you pronounce it. Everyone knows him as um, Jamie Lannister. Thank you. <laughs> Except for you. I'm going. Don't say Tyrion. Don't say Tyrion. Don't say Tyrion. The film opens with a series of startling images of a devastated Earth, a partially destroyed moon, and cruises Tech 49 Jack Harper, telling us that it's the year 2077 and that the Earth suffered a catastrophic attack by an alien species called Scabs that resulted in the Earth fighting back and deploying nuclear weapons to win the war. We learn that the rest of humanity is on one of Saturn's moons, Titan, and that Jack and his female partner, Victoria, Riseborough, are the last two humans on the Earth supervising the removal of the last of Earth's seawater, in which in turn will be stored in the TET, a supersized D4, space station. That's a tetrahedral in case anyone doesn't know what a D4 is, and if you, you know, fuck you. The water is being sucked up by large water vacuum cleaners, protected by automated drones who are designed to eliminate the scavs and protect the resource recovery. We see Jack and Victoria in an idealistic future penthouse apartment above the clouds, and we learn that they have only two weeks left in their assignment before they can join the others on Titan. We learn that Jack is somewhat of an Earth history buff and laments that we won the war, but we have to leave, and has built for himself an earthly paradise comprised of a jury-rigged cabin in the woods that reminds him of a time that he actually can't remember. Complications arise with the sudden arrival of Julia, Bond girl Kurilenko, who is the sole survivor of a NASA craft, the Odyssey, and her request that they find the flight recorder of the crashed vessel. Having learnt previously that this job is perilous, as Harper fends off an attack from the scabs, and muses that they weren't trying to kill him, rather they were trying to catch him, was evidence later when the scabs actually do capture Harper, and through Malcolm Beach, a catastrophically miscast Morgan Freeman, we learn a terrible secret. Don't want to give away a fairly obvious twist here, but nonetheless, the film then becomes a fairly straightforward actioner. There is a lot to take in with this movie. You are given a fairly tight synopsis at the beginning, and you must accept what is presented to you, for which the most part, which in the most part works, but when the film slows, the cracks in the story appear. The science, in the main, is fairly solid, but there are some moments which don't quite gel, and that's to its detriment, it's so easy to get fundamental things right these days, and I find it somewhat insulting that they don't. You don't have to treat audience like idiots, and as such, I was a little annoyed at parts of this film. The scripting is pretty tight. Cruz delivers a solid performance, which is what we are to expect from him. There are some Cruz-isms, but just as there are some Pacino-isms, which just speaks to a vast body of work that he has under his belt, rather than any detriment to his acting skill. Riseborough is wonderful, and I really empathised with her character in this film. As I mentioned, Freeman is just miscast. He, he brought nothing to this role whatsoever that warranted his casting, and it just reeked of stunt casting. Olga Kurilenko is pretty enough to look at, but she lacks any range whatsoever, which I think that role deserves someone who, who could have brought some serious gravitas. The film wins out with its stunning visuals, and the filmmaker's use of Iceland was just spectacular, given the scorched earth some considerable realism, which a studio CGI rig could never do. Having said all that, the film deserves a place in the sci-fi pantheon of good films. It won't be a classic of the genre. Maybe with a bit of an alien-esque grittiness to punch it up, it might have made it, but it's a little too sanitary. It would be easy to dismiss this film as a live-action Wally, but it doesn't do Kaczynski's work justice. This is a competent film from a second-time-out director, Tron Legacy being his first run, and I think there's promise here, and it is, I believe this film is well worth the effort to watch. 
three and a half stars from me, and I'm going to suggest that people experience this one at the cinema. Margaret. This had been out a week or two by the time we by the mm. time we saw it, and while I hadn't read any reviews, I'd heard I'd you know as as you do, I'd heard some fairly scathing comments about it. A lot of people were not impressed with it. So I really didn't know what I was I was walking into. You mentioned the 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 live action Wally, mm. which the, the trailers gave it that that film. I think I, I agree that giving it that calling it that is is to the detriment of it. So what I got was a surprise. This movie was better than I thought it was going to be, but if it gave the audience any credit for being intelligent, it could have been a lot better. There's a section in, in, in the film Adaptation where Nicholas Cage, one of Nicolas Cage's character goes to a screenwriting course and the teacher says, and God help you if you use voiceover in your work, my friends. God help you. That's flaccid, sloppy writing. Any idiot can write a voiceover narration to explain the thoughts of a character. This film opens with a Tom Cruise narration, a voiceover telling you what's happened. That exposition is repeated an hour into the film when they meet Julia. You don't need to have it twice. Cut it from the beginning, let the audience discover some things, imagine things, work out things for themselves, then hit that exposition the second time so it has some so it has some meaning. And it didn't need to be in both places. Also on the back end of the film, there's a couple of lines of, of exposition from Morgan Freeman, who I entirely agree with you was didn't I think not only did it not need to be him, I think that character didn't need to exist. Mm. Could have rolled that into Jamie Lannister's character yep. and you would have lost nothing. Yeah. Yeah, in, in fact, I think you would have gained. Yes, I agree completely. So we have that couple of lines of, of fairly lazy exposition mm-hmm. given by Freeman. So when we actually get to the ending, we don't care. Yep. It's the, the visuals of the ending meant nothing because we already knew that that was, that was what's happening. Mm. I think... Now, this is the, the first... I mean, there, there were a number of writers, but mm. this is Kaczynski's first time out directing obviously he'd, he'd sorry writing he'd directed some stuff before mm. either he didn't have confidence in his ability or he didn't think the audience was was going to be smart enough mm. to to work it out yep. i think get rid of those two things tighten this up this could have been this could have been really good there's some really interesting stuff that you get thrown in the in the second in the second act mm. that Really, like, what the fuck? How the? Oh my god, that makes no sense. What the? That in, I I, I think could have been handled much better yeah. and could have lifted the film up to up mm. to something more. Tom was Tom. Yep. There's there's no, yeah, neither good or nor ill. He was just mm. he was just Tom. We'll let you know the tacit reference to, you know, putting him up there with Pacino. We'll just let that go. But <laughs> I visually, you. I love you, Tom. <laughs> Visually, I thought this film was stunning. Mm. I think I, I agree with everything you said visually. And a hell of a lot of thought and detail had gone into the industrial design of the tech. Yeah. The, the apartment that they're, that they're living in, the spaceship, all that stuff, while futuristic, you could see how it worked. It wasn't some futuristic, I've got a fucking flying bubble. Mm. It worked. It was... It made well, it was, sense. It was basically a futuristic Bell helicopter from yeah. the, from the opening of Mash. Those of you mm. who need to know what they are, yeah. the ones that look like dragonflies. With yeah. the you know, so that's basically what it yeah. was. So you're right. It was all the tech stuff mm. seemed legit. Like you could see it happening. It wasn't yeah. a, a gigantic reach. So visually, I thought this film was its strongest was its strongest point. Mm. Yeah, we won't even talk about. Morgan Freeman because oh, oh my god just, it was stunt casting mm. it was stunt casting it was oh my goodness we've got Morgan Freeman now if he was a messianic figure mm. that his 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 well, I don't want to keep using the word gravitas because it's such a wanky word mm. but you know when he speaks people listen mm. and if that's what you would need is some sort of bloody underground you know mm. let, let me tell you the truth Jack Harper and all that that's yeah. what you 
but yeah, you're right. And you had two. You're right. You had two criminally underused people, mm. Jamie Lannister and and um, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Could be one. Mm. I'm giving this two and a half. I have seen people give it a lot worse mm. than that. I don't think it was that bad, but it could have been so so much yes. better. I applaud Kaczynski for some of the the big ideas and for the big things that he tried to do. But I think he just needs to have the courage not to spook me, the audience. Well, and I I agree. I completely agree. I can't help but wonder how much studio interference. Mm. Because that was one of the things that when the master of, of the director's cut, Ridley Scott, went back and did the director's cut of Blade Runner, he removed the Harrison Ford voiceover, which was put in at the studio's insistence. So you've got to wonder, second time director, Tron Legacy did okay money. It didn't do billions of dollars of money but a visually arresting film we've got tom cruise in there who who i don't really know the producing side of it how involved he gets maybe you need us maybe just with the i mean people talk about tom cruise when he walked into the room it's like the sun walked in he's a very magnetic personality does that intimidate some people like jj abrams was a very strong willed person he he was able to maybe corral tom i don't think but i i don't think something like a voiceover would be something that he would put his foot down on and say, oh, yeah, we definitely need it. I think he's quite willing to go with the flow. So we'll have to wonder how much studio interference was in there, them saying, no, we need this, we need that. But you're right. A voiceover is a lazy man's tool. It really is. Unless unless some... I've, I've yet to see a decent voiceover that, that really explains... That, that can't be done without. Yeah. You can't. Possibly with the exception of Goodfellas. There was some... Well, that's an oration. That's, that's, that's True. different. Yeah. I, I think in Goodfellas, because it's kind of him telling the story. Yeah. But you don't feel that he was... I think I think there was part of Cruz's monologue. You're right. When he's talking about the dream, that's yeah. that's voiceover. But I think when he was telling everybody what went on was... was I th- okay, maybe you're right. I, I, there's no point in arguing because we're not really disagreeing. <laughs> yeah, I think the movie could have been better. I think yeah. it really could have been better. I haven't read horrible reviews the, the reviews I've read have been people oh fucking Tom Cruise can't act I hate Tom Cruise I hate her I don't I don't understand that no, well, you've got, you got to stop reading your reviews at I hate Tom Cruise <laughs> but I don't I have never been able to understand and it's just a it's a fact of life it's human nature but I've never been able to understand why people cannot separate the, the private from the from the person's craft yeah. You know, people, everyone, everyone fucking hated Phil. Phil Collins was the flavor of the month for nearly two decades, hmm. and the guy has some talent. Some people don't like some of his stuff. Some people do. He's the fact that he he faxed his ex wife to say it was divorce, and then suddenly the world turned against him. Hmm. Phil Collins named shit now. Hmm. There's a there's this real concept of a person can't be private, and other actors talk about they're not allowed to make bad movies, like because they. You know, everyone forgets that they've got to work for a living. Yeah. I don't understand why people say, oh, he's a freak and thank God Kate... Like one of the reviews said, hard to get away from Tom Cruise's Tom Cruisiness in this movie. Obviously, this is what Katie Holmes must have felt like at home. So, like there's no... That's not... That's completely unnecessary. And it's not relevant to the movie. No. So I, I agree that a lot of times Tom Cruise is just Tom Cruise. For sure. And that's... Yeah. And that's what I said. Cruiseisms. Yeah. And that movie was full of them. And... I mean, you're a much bigger Tom fan mm-hmm. than I am. I'm I'm not a huge Tom, Tom fan. I think he's enjoyable. To anyone that dumps on, on Tom's ability to act, Magnolia, mm-hmm. motherfucker. Go and watch Magnolia yep. and shut the fuck up. Yep. That is Tom being the most un-Tom you will ever see. Yep. He is not... He is not Tom... And... Well, Len Grossman. Yeah, Tropic Thunder <laughs> is the obvious one to yeah, get. And but, you're right. And to go, but go back to Born of Fourth of July. And I'm, this isn't a Tom Love Fest. Where, no. you know, and that's on green. Because you know it hurts me to defend the man because he's <laughs> fucking batshit. But the work is the work. The work is the work. I, 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 yeah, I agree yeah. with you that we shouldn't hoist someone on their petard for their personal life unless it's Chris Brown. Because fuck that guy. Or Kim Kardashian. No, we're we're talking about creative people. Oh, I'm sorry, my mistake. Yeah, Tom, at, Tom does what Tom does, yep. and it works for Tom, and he's the biggest movie star in the world because of it. So he's doing yep. something right. Yep. But he can, he is capable of fucking knock it out of the park performances. Yeah. In frankly, in supporting roles. Yeah. 
more often than not. But he's got the craft. He hasn't been doing what he's been doing for 40 years because he can't. Oh, exactly right. Exactly right. No, you're 100% right. He's he just... And but it's it's if we can if you can take just any let's just pluck another actor. Probably the exception to this rule is Meryl Streep, mm-hmm. and as we've discussed before. But when Meryl, but let, let's just use her for an example. Oh no, let's use say Nicholson. We've seen laconic Jack. We've seen manic Jack. We've seen right off the deep end Jack. We've seen authoritarian fire and brimstone. You can't handle the truth, Jack. These are the, that's just four or five, you know, five stereotypical responses that people have to have for, for something. Um, Wolf is probably one of Jack Nicholson's most measured, quiet performances, which we didn't get to see again until As Good As It Gets. Mm. But at the end of the day, his voice is still Jack's voice. And when he, when he, ha- when he gets angry, because his character is supposed to get angry... It's so hard. It, it it would be nigh and impossible for people to go and go. Oh yeah, look at Colonel Jessup mm. get up there and fire it in. It's the same with with Tom. When there's he there's pl- so much Tom out there. Yeah, when when he plays intensity, well, you've got the the courtroom scene in A Few Good Men. You've got oh, I mentioned Jack Reacher. Yeah, you've got Top Gun. You know that's right. Ice. You know like that mm. real intense. Well, you've got Ethan Hunt. You've yeah. got all of those... Exactly. And it's probably people like Daniel Day-Lewis, who's done like five fucking films in his life, and Meryl Streep being the, the pinnacle of people who don't take a little bit of themselves through different roles, with the exception of their face. Yeah. So I think it just... I think it's unfair, because, and I think, it, I think it's a criticism that can be levelled at any actor. So moving away from Tom, yeah. just at any actor. Well, I know that you feel the same about Tom Hanks. Mm. Tom Hanks is almost always Tom Hanks. Yep. But the same hate, for some reason, mm. he is just beloved. Yep. Yeah. And and I've gone back, and I, I have, I've, I've pulled the reverse gears on Tom Hanks because I just think he's he is such a an unbelievably talented person. But when he goes, oh, come on, in any role, you hear Woody. Mm. You know, you hear Woody in, in, in Toy Story. Oh, come on. Yeah. And he's even talked about that. In, in his own, like, in, in interviews and whatnot, how they, you know, they'll say to him, oh, can you give us a reading, like, in Bosom Buddies or something? And and Kevin Smith mentioned it, you know, he goes up to Boss Willis and says, can you deliver it like you did in Moonlighting? Mm. That's always, that's just going to plague actors throughout their life. They can either do, they can either Daniel Day-Lewis it and do five films and everyone go, every time he's in something new, he's a revelation, or... They can be of the the skill of the streep, oh, and and Nicholson. I mean, you can still you can still get something good out of Nicholson. You can still get something great out of Pacino. Mm. They're not that worn down, but you just can't, you, there's just you just reach a point where you're only ever going to be. You want intensity and this level. Yep, they're going to bring. That's what they bring. That's and that's what you're going to get. I I don't agree. I don't think for a second that this movie stretches Tom Cruise <laughs> in any stretch of the imagination, just as it doesn't. Freeman, Freeman could have been anybody, and unfortunately, against someone as as quite frankly as fucking terrible as Olga Kurilenko, mm. I mean, she was just she yeah. had, she she was James Spader one expression the entire Stargate. Like James Spader, I really like him. I think he can act, but he has one expression throughout the entire movie of Stargate, and I think that's exactly what she had. Well, yeah, you, you know you're doing something wrong when you're getting outacted by Kurt Russell. <laughs> Hey, much love to Kurt, but yeah, yeah. When Kurt's bringing an intensity that you're, yeah, I, I seriously believe James Spader. Every day they said action. He was just, I can't fucking believe I'm doing this movie. That's that's the expression I think on his face. So that's episode 20. 20. In the bank. Boom. Yeah, just and the good done. thing is, this episode will probably get up still before the Americans get to see Iron Man 3. Boom. However, Ow. I think, I don't have the exact truth, I think we're, we, this, this is short-lived, this yeah. joy is short-lived, because I'm pretty sure we get ass fucked on Man of Steel. Do we? Uh, 
How excited are you for Man oh, of Steel now? That I was, I was excited. I was looking forward to it. Yeah. Then that new fucking trailer came yeah. out. I think Snyder's and, done it. Oh my god. Yeah. I think Snyder's done it. The thing uh, that got me the most about that trailer, there was just one little. I mean, the whole trailer was cool. Yeah. One thing that really got me excited was the two seconds we saw of Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll always be you're my, my son. Yeah. Oh. Did your heart not break? Yes. Fucking hell! Oh. And see, that's really interesting. I've I want to take I want to take Ralph Garman to task on this. He's when remember there's that scene where in the earlier trailer where Kevin Costner's talking to Clark Kent and he mm. says like you can't people are going to like hate you or whatever mm. like that and he said what was I supposed to do Dad let them die and he says maybe. maybe yeah he's teaching him to know right from wrong. And in this movie, it's almost, in this trailer, it's vindicated because he says, you have the choice to either be a great man or do great things with this power or bad things with this power, but either way, you are going to be great. Like, a, and, and in the sense of a great man. He's teaching him because he's saying to him, maybe. And if that kid goes, fuck, maybe you're right. Mm. I shouldn't do it. No, it, it, that, that solidifies the man of steel's, no, dad. I will always save people at mm. no matter what cost. Yeah. That's the lesson. He's being able, he's coming to that by himself. That's the he? lesson. And fuck people saying, oh, Kevin Costner's a dick for saying... No, that's a, that is a brilliant line. As soon yeah. as he said, what was I supposed to do? Let them die. Maybe. And it's like, no, Dad, I should never let them die. And, and, Kevin, and Dad should walk away, patting himself on the back going, fucking dodge that bullet because mm. that's exactly the response we needed. Mm. I'm really looking forward to it. You'll always be my son. Yeah. I choked, man. Yeah. <laughs> I went, oh, that's, that got me. Yeah. Like, that's... Because that's the love we miss, unfortunately, we miss from the first movie. Mm. When, when, Ke- when Clark Kent's father... When, when old Jonathan Kent dies in the first film, I still cry at that. But it's, I cry at the reaction. Yeah. Because Superman is he's there and he's like all... And he says, all this power and I and can't, I... can't save my dad. Well, if if Jonathan Kent dies in this one oh. after saying you'll always be my son, I'm yeah. gonna be distraught. I really am. Yeah. And there's the for me, there's one moment that that I really liked, is when, and they timed it. It's just the the timing of the 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 trailer's supposed to emote for you when they said you're going to lead people and and through your example they will look at themselves in the sun or hold themselves in the sun. And at that moment, he looks yeah. up and he closes his eyes and let the sun hit them. The the, the the triple entendre, the fact that the son gives Clark Kent his, or Superman his powers, the, all of that sort of stuff. And then he closes his eyes, feels the sun because he's in love with this. Ah, oh, ah, oh, hard oh. fucking on. And they never say Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, I've heard that this is going to so be... So they might not say they might not say it at all during yeah, the movie? Possibly, yeah. Or maybe right at the end, yeah. I don't know. The things that I'm going to miss about this movie, or that, that I and I don't know, I'm, I'm preempting, is... John Williams' score. To this day, that French horn, mm. that that opening French horn, it gets me to to the thing. And I can say this solely without seeing anything other than the trailers: is there's there was just a certain inner childlike charm that Christopher Reeve had as Clark mm. Kent, and I really want to see that in this one. Yeah, Russ the Love Mus, when she says, "What if they kill him?" He's like, how or like yeah. a, how they won't be able to or how are they be- mm. it's pretty badass yeah. <laughs> like they can try it's like yeah, yeah. fuck you man it's, he's gonna be hey kid he's fucking superman yeah you know? so I'm really excited for yeah. Man of Steel yeah. if they're gonna fuck us they're gonna get it early I expect I, yeah. fuck them fuck oh well but no anyway it's gonna be big so from Iron Man to Man of Steel I, a, Iron Man of Steel what a they, segue they need to they need to combine them. yeah what a segue Iron Man into Oblivion or something. Anyway, I'll let you go. You're the creative. I'm just the talent. So for another week, for another fortnight, for another month, whatever it was. Until next time. Until next time. If you want to contact us, hit us up on on Twitter, Um, ACOP Nate. And ACOP Woody. And if you want to email us with um, some thoughts and suggestions. I nearly said suggestions with some thoughts for the show. Yeah, because fuck your suggestions. (laughs) By all means, pricks at a couple of pricks.com. Or if you want to say bad things about us uh, and you want to give us suggestions <laughs> go fuck yourself at a couple of bricks.com yep always you can contact us on our facebook page acop podcast follow us on stitcher radio yes absolutely uh follow us on itunes just follow us yeah, yeah. Ex- except for that dude when i was leaving work the other day back the fuck off that's not what we meant yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That, which is which is funny but you know like because i can i i know 
to the to the millimeter, hundred feet. Like yeah. I can all roll that. I've I've had enough aviators. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird being on this side of it. Isn't <laughs> it is a little it's bit weird being on this side of yeah. this training. Ah, uh, well, well, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? So, uh, so until next time, we're a couple, a couple of bricks. bricks.